Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. To mark episode 20 of this podcast, I've brought on a special guest. This guest is Melsa Mayer, who is a fertility and IVF acupuncturist in San Antonio, Texas. Melsa, do you want to tell us a bit more about your practice? Hello, Elise. So good to be Hi. on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking, I'm, I'm excited about this. Yes, um, I am an IVF and fertility acupuncturist. I've been uh, in practice since 2013. Um, I started my acupuncture career uh, as the acupuncturist in a fertility clinic and continue to work with all of those doctors and nurses um, down here. But I work with all uh, you know, patients from all uh, fertility clinics in San Antonio and uh, really do uh, love working with patients undergoing fertility treatments and um, those trying to have babies. And, um, you know, the, mo the majority of my practice, I'd say 75% of my practice are, you know, uh, uh, women who are uh, actively going, undergoing fertility treatments and uh, probably 25% trying to conceive naturally. And so I deal with a lot of women with PCOS because it's uh, becoming more of a prominent uh, fertility issue. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited you're on and thanks for explaining that you work so heavily with women who are struggling with fertility and I'm excited for us to share a bit more about PCOS as it relates to today's study. So this study came out in the spring in a scientific journal called Chinese Acupuncture and Moxibustion. It was written entirely in Chinese so both Melsa and I were relying on some friends who have dual language skills as well as a couple different translation companies to help us get the essentials and the details from this study even. So let's talk a bit about what this study was. It is a randomized controlled study from China in Peking University. They were looking at women with polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, from August 2016 to October 2019. So the study wrapped up within the last year. As mentioned, there were 40 women in this study. There were two groups in this. They were split 20 women in each group. And the control group were women who were given lifestyle interventions, which was exercise suggestions and diet guidance. Whereas the intervention group, the women who were going to have something different happened, that was the acupuncture. So in addition to the diet and the exercise suggestions, they were also receiving acupuncture. Melissa, do you want to talk about the acupuncture here or should I just kind sure. of forward? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, you know, I, and I love that this study brings in lifestyle choices too, because in, you know, in Western medicine, we know that a polycystic ovary, as opposed to a non-polycystic ovary, basically sucks up sugar, you know, so which is uh, all the byproducts of carbs and basically converts them to androgens, which kind of is the causality of a lot of PCOS. Now, PCOS, is a very broad kind of, uh, you know, overarching uh, diagnosis these days. But, um, you know, for anovulatory women who uh, have a high sugar diet, PCOS is a metabolic disorder. And so, you know, we really do need to limit carbs um, if you are suffering from PCO. Uh, and, and also exercise is great. You know, we, uh, in acupuncture, we're all about the flow. We really, really want flow uh, in the body. And so it's so important to, to, to exercise exercise and actually sweat a little bit, you know, every day just to kind of keep those fluids moving. Yeah. Um, but overall with acupuncture, um, you know, just a little, uh, little 
brief history, there's there are 300, approximately 361 acupuncture points that run along 14 meridians, which you can kind of um, view as like little energy highways uh, that run up and down the body. Um, 12 of those meridians are attached to organ systems uh, in Chinese medicine. So kidney, liver, spleen, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, heart pericardium. Um, and so, you know, it, the beauty of Chinese medicine is that we look at imbalances in those meridians and in those organs um, in the unique individual, because we know, you know, uh, not all polycystic women are, are um, you know, made the same. It's, some women are, uh, you know, have, have varying degrees of androgen excess. But, you know, we, we do have some women who ovulate regularly, but their ovaries just look polycystic in a, you know, in, a, in an ultrasound. So um, with acupuncture, we kind of uh, detect which uh, energy system is out of balance and try and rebalance the whole system, the system as a whole. And with Chinese medicine, and this is the beauty of things because, you know, this study is looking at depression and anxiety um, amongst polycystic women. Um, and so emotions are always brought into, uh, brought into the diagnosis. Um, in Chinese medicine. So that's why I was very interested in this and what this study had to, uh, had to say. Thank you. I did not realize there were that many pressure points or acupuncture points. Uh Uh-huh. Lots Uh, of them. To get back to the study, how many of those acupuncture points were they testing in the study? Could you tell by, by the translation, how many they were, they were using? They did, what did they do? About 10 points, uh, okay. 10 points, probably bilateral. Um, hang on. Let's see. I've got the rim one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So about 15 points. Cause a lot of these points are, are used bilaterally. Uh-huh. Um, some are on the midline. Uh, and so there's only one, but, um, there are, there are points. So, um, I'll just kind of start talking about them. So just looking at the points that they used, uh, you know, these are some very heavy hitters in Chinese medicine. Uh, There are some command points here, which really do have a... um, an effect on the entire body. So there are points, uh, REN4 and REN12 are on the midline, um, and they uh, directly affect the the uterus and ovaries just because they do that, these channels uh, do run through the low abdomen. Um, You know, stomach 29 is a local point. It's, uh, it it targets the uterine artery. Um, So it's, so it's, it's on the low abdomen, kind of in between the pubic bone and the navel, but a couple of inches uh, to either side. Um, spleen six is, uh, it's, it's one of the, one of my favorite fertility points because, um, it looks at, uh, the, the yin of, um, of three of the organs. There's actually a, um, a confluence at spleen six of, uh, three of my favorite fertility meridians, kidney, liver, and spleen. Um, and so just kind of by using that one point, we have, um, an effect on all three of those meridians. Um, stomach 36, uh, tonifies chi in the whole body. It also regulates the, the, the earth or the digestive system, so the stomach and spleen system. Um, I'll go into organs here in a little second, but, you know, heart seven and, and do 20, those are two kind of psycho-emotional points. Um, the heart also 
has um, some uh, influence on ovulation. Um, and then large mm. intestine four is, um, it, it, it targets the uterus. It's one of the command points. It kind of is a multitasker because it's used in, it's like the command point for headaches. It is the, the, the command point for the, uh, the, the head and the neck. Um, but it also uh, moves chi and has an effect on the uterus, even though it's a large intestine point. Just a little, like a little history on the organs or kind of a theory on uh, what these organs are talking about. Cause you're kind of like, what? Spleen, sick stomach. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so we, so of those 14 meridians, um, 12 of which are attached to the organ systems, we have, there are the kidney, liver, spleen, and heart meridians. And this is kind of an overall generalization uh, without getting into too many semantics uh, of, of Chinese medicine, but uh, kidney, liver, spleen, and heart really have the most influence on uh, fertility. Um, the kidney is in charge of aging and, um, and reproduction. Um, and so, you know, all infertility cases will have a degree of kidney deficiency. You know, we really need to boost the kidney uh, energy in order to create life and contains the kidney system in Chinese medicine contains our genetic makeup and genetic transference. Um, and so it's, it's a very important player. Um, the liver is in charge of keeping everything in flow. Kind of like I said earlier, acupuncture is all about the flow, you know, in Chinese medicine. Um, and that includes transformation of cycles. Um, mm. And so like the transformation of yin into yang follicular phase into luteal phase, you know, because we're women, we cycle and the liver is kind of in charge of keeping us uh, in, in, in flow, in, in, um, in cycle. And we know, you know, since PCOS is anovulatory and women, you know, aren't necessarily, uh, ovulating to change into follicular, into luteal, um, you know, it's, there's, there's a degree of, of liver, uh, stuck liver energy is kind of what we call it. So, um, the liver is important in that way. Um, the spleen, which, um, like, you know, we've got the spleen six and the spleen and the stomach are, are, are sister organs. Um, and so the spleen is in charge of digestion and taking all of the food that we eat. Oh gosh. Um, but anyway, spleen is in charge of digestion, uh, and then forming blood from the food that we eat. Um, and also distribution of fluids. And so we kind of know that, um, you know, there's a dampness, kind of a, a fluid um, stagnation uh, with polycystic women because, you know, there's actual kind of the phlegm encapsulation uh, that, that kind of encapsulates all those little follicles and prevents them from, you know, from, from ovulating, basically. Um, so there's always going to be a spleen and a kind of a fluid stagnation um, aspect in, in polycystic women. Um, and then the heart is, um, has, plays a really big role in ovulation, which again, um, the polycystic women aren't ovulating. So there's a heart component as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big heart uterus connection in Chinese medicine. And so that can get, be disrupted. And it, this is the interesting part about the heart is that, you know, the heart in Chinese medicine also uh, regulates kind of emotion. So, you know, they mention in the study, um, anxiety and depression, which is kind of a heart excess and a heart deficiency uh, looking kind of broadly. Um, and so, you know, it's, it makes sense that, you know, there's an emotional component in, in, in PCOS. 
Very cool. Interesting. That is far more than I had ever learned about it. So <laughs> I'm quite impressed at how much you can just rattle off the top of your head um, and connect it. So thank you. Um, you got it. Yes. I love teaching people about Chinese medicine, you know, because it is, you know, I mean, if you Google infertility, acupuncture is going to come up. And so people are so curious about it and what it does. But the beauty of Chinese medicine and acupuncture is that we do look at the body as a whole and as a, you know, as an individual whole, not, you know, not blanket diagnoses like polycystic, you know, we're not lumping all polycystic women into one category. We're really looking at what's going on in the individual body to, to rebalance, uh, imbalance. Oh, that's wonderful. No, no woman going through infertility should be lumped with another because every fertility situation is unique. Sure, yes. I'm going to get back to the study a bit now, if that's okay. And we'll, we'll Absolutely. go through there. This study, as mentioned before, had randomized 20 women to just getting diet and exercise advice and the other women had also received acupuncture in addition to the diet and exercise. And they were receiving acupuncture three times a week, every other day for four months. That's what they do in China. It's so interesting. I studied over there and people come every day or every couple of days, you know, but they have um, Chinese medical hospitals over there and, uh, and it's included in the treatment. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it's great. The more frequency acupuncture kind of build acupuncture treatments build on each other. So the more frequently you can do it, the better results that you'll see. Oh, I believe that. So how often do your patients right now, Melissa, do they come? What's an average for your fertility patients? So I usually see women weekly, um, you, you know, and, and, but if they're going through fertility treatments, I, I will see women twice weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, finances are, are typically, you know, if people are paying IVF, you know, yeah. us, um, added acupuncture as a superfluous uh, treatment is sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a cost limitation. Uh, you know, if I had my druthers, I'd love to see women every other day. I think that would be amazing. Um, it, usually it's weekly or twice weekly. Okay. So we'll, we'll know that in this study, it was really best case scenario to be there three times a week for four months. These lucky ladies who made the intervention group were getting a lot of acupuncture. Just briefly, here's what the authors were studying when they were looking at the women. They wanted to assess, and by the way, all the women in the study, they were volunteers. Um, They had signed a release and were willing to complete surveys uh, assessing their anxiety, their depression, how they felt their PCOS quality of life was going. They also were willing to get lab work done, which included follicle-stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, estrogen, progesterone, prolactin, testosterone, sex hormone binding globulin, and even free androgen index levels, and even serum beta endorphin levels. So this was a very thorough study being conducted at this university in China. And I think that goes along with what you were saying, Melsa, how they have entire hospitals dedicated to this. Exactly. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so, so, so cool. And, and I would also say, you know, just uh, with, with Chinese medicine being ancient, right, you know, they weren't able to look at serum levels of hormones back in the day, right. you know, and so it's really, really cool, the studies that are coming out, you know, like, what the effects of acupuncture actually, you know, actually does, like what it does, you know, we don't exactly know how it does it, but um, the, the, the effects of what acupuncture treatment can do is being studied very widely. It's really lovely. Right. And that's why, I mean, one, we're so impressed with this study. And two, even though it was only in Chinese, you and I are going forward with talking about it just because 
it's so impressive, right? Like that, yes. that this is happening. Hopefully they translate it to English so we can read how they really wanted it read. <laughs> These women, as I said, had taken, they were volunteers. They were willing to stick with the program for four months. They also, just to mention it, you know, regarding medicines, they weren't on any other antidepressants. They hadn't recently in the last three months, otherwise also been on uh, steroids like hydrocortisone or anything like that. They weren't on insulin. They weren't on hormone contraceptives. So that did exclude a certain amount of women, just to keep that in mind, that if they were on steroids, an antidepressant, some sort of hormone drug at all, they, they were not allowed in the study. I, which I love. I love that. You know, So really, there was no Western intervention or, or pharmaceutical intervention you know, leading into this study, which I just think is cool. Right. It was a total washout. That way you can kind of see cleanly what's going on, especially if, because sometimes steroids can alter your mood, antidepressants order, alter your mood. We all know hormones right. alter your mood. So right. it's good that they just had these women completely on a clean slate. Obviously, there were no pregnant or lactating women in this because they were trying to assess their ability to be fertile. And also, these women had not had any acupuncture in the last two months either. Just a quick question for you, Melsa. Do you feel like, you know, you see people pretty regularly. If they don't come back for a couple months, do you feel like they kind of need to ramp up again? Or what, what's your take on that? Yeah. I do. Yes. Um, you know, because the body will kind of go back to what it's, you know, what it's, what it's previous history will do. And so, you know, continued treatment is always a good idea. If people do kind of fall off the wagon for, you know, whatever the holidays or, you know, uh, you know, a, a life stressor or a pandemic, <laughs> yes. um, then, you know, yes, we do need to kind of get them back on a, you know, for me, I do herbs, you know, an herbal regimen, uh, from my gals who are trying to conceive naturally. So if there was, you know, if there were women like this in this study who weren't doing fertility treatments and, you know, were really trying to conceive naturally, um, I would encourage, um, some more aggressive treatment. Okay. More, more frequent. Good to know. Two last things about these ladies is their ages were 18 to 40, which I like that they included women up to 40 years old. A lot of studies will cut women off at 30 because they want peak ovulation and, and health. Everyone, any woman who was in this study had rated themselves at least as having mild anxiety or depression uh, that wasn't getting treated as we just talked about. So those are just important things to know about them. And of course, they all had inclusion criteria as having PCOS already. So that's the baseline of who these women are and why they had chosen the criteria to include or exclude women based on, on certain things like involving acupuncture or mood. So as mentioned, these women were getting four months of treatment total. They had to record exercise at least three times a day. Love it. <laughs> yes. Of course, they took these surveys before and afterwards. And also now, if I'm going to talk about, if we get into the results, what we saw, you know, these women had been filling out these surveys and they had been getting their blood levels drawn. They had found that women reported they were having, if they had been in the acupuncture group, improved anxiety, improved depression, improved quality of life with having PCOS. Some of their hormones were not different at all. The beta endorphins were higher which are the feel-good hormones, which, you know, all of my people, when they get off the table, feel so good. <laughs> yes. So after the four months of acupuncture for the fortunate women in the intervention group, combined with their lifestyle and on diet and exercise, the PCOS patients who had done the acupuncture had reported lower anxiety, 
lower depression, improved quality of life, and they also had higher endorphins, the higher serum beta endorphins, and sex hormone binding globulin levels, and their testosterone levels went down. Which is great. It's awesome. Very, yes. very exciting to see that. And then um, they go on to kind of say that uh, that, that acupuncture has a, 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 an effect on the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian axis. Um, so really, it's again, we're all about that flow. We want to get these, you know, these hormones flowing. <laughs> yes. So very exciting study there. Just regarding the safety of the study, they said it didn't seem like there were significant differences in safety between them. So there were no adverse effects that were significant that I'm reading in this. And doesn't look like anyone also became pregnant early. Yeah, I wondered about that. You know, uh, and of course, different studies with acupuncture, you know, these are kind of looking at serum, you know, serum blood levels of, of hormones. So we can kind of see what's happening internally. But, you know, did, did that give them a baby? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> right. Yeah, we can't tell. I mean, that's the thing they, um, that's something I hope a, a future study would answer. Like, did the women if they were in this study, then would they follow them for the long term to see if there was improved rates of pregnancy and live birth? Also ovulation, Elise, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like, because it doesn't even, you know, it, uh, it doesn't talk a whole lot about, you know, about that. Like, did we get them? Obviously they were anovulatory because they weren't cycling, but like at the end of the study, were they, were they ovulating? Their testosterone was down. They felt better. Were the, uh, were the ovaries cooperating at the end of it? We don't yes. know. <laughs> yes. I mean, this was a very, very thorough study in terms of all of the lab work and the dedication of these patients to sticking with it for three days a week for four months. But yeah, I think that if they could improve upon the study, they would go longer and touch base on, on what we're actually wanting, the ovulation right. and, and ultimately a viable pregnancy. Right. And being able to conceive naturally without, you know, without ovulation drugs, without Clomid or Letrozole. What would help is if they did those kind of future studies. I'm so glad they did this study, but 40 women is still not a huge amount, 20 in each group. We could certainly increase the amount of women to see what their responses are, because with more people, you might get more variation and then you can feel more confident with your results when you have more people who are involved. Exactly. And like we were talking a little bit about the diet, we're not sure, you know, what kind of diet restrictions they, we know that they had calorie restrictions, but not necessarily, you know, you can, you can, you can consume some carb calories um, that won't necessarily uh, help the, the polycystic factor. Right. And also where you just said about the diet, the exercise, I'm, from what I'm getting, the implication from translation is that it's self-reported diet exercise as well, that having the patients tracked with an accelerometer or some other method to actually verify the exercise, that might be helpful too, to just bolster the results to make sure that what they're reporting is true, because there's also risks of reporting bias, right? Right. So that's important. One other thing I would do to improve the study would be to include more sites. Maybe this was just one site in China at Peking University, but mm -hmm. to have A, more sites within China, and then B, take the study international, because as, as you just mentioned, that women in, in San Antonio, Texas anyway, are not coming in as frequently as the study. So mm -hmm. it would be good to have that, the international component to see how relevant it is to how women in the United States, the UK, in other places where a lot of women are focused on improving their fertility might be able to benefit from acupuncture. Right. Yes. 
Um, I, you know, they do, they do do a lot of um, acupuncture studies in, in Europe, in Germany and France. Um, and we've got, you know, we've got some, some decent studies uh, here that have, uh, you know, looked at acupuncture and IVF and acupuncture and, um, you know, ovulation and that kind of thing. But I just, you know, I, I think that this one is so cool, just specifically because of the frequency of acupuncture treatment. Um, I just think that's so cool. And I would love to know if they had babies. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that would be wonderful. I mean, maybe they're even still planning to do a follow-up. They didn't note that, but that would be pretty interesting if they're still tracking these women. I mean, I'm guessing they have some data on these women. We, I'm hoping they live nearby, you know, right. that they will get the, the medical chart review of that, but we'll see if that study is published and uh, how easily we can translate it. Right. So Melissa, what do you think women from PCOS should take away from this study with your expertise in acupuncture and especially related to fertility? You know, I think that acupuncture, uh, you know, is a, is a really good uh, alternative, you know, to things like Clomid and, uh, and, and Femara or Letrozole if you kind of want to go the natural route. You know, we've got herbs, um, we've got acupuncture. It does, you know, because polycystic is a, a pretty ingrained uh, syndrome, you know, it does take the ovaries a while to kind of acquiesce and it takes very, very uh, stringent lifestyle, you know, stringent kind of diet, uh, really, really being, um, uh, you know, carb kind of like reducing sugar, kind of going with that more, I don't want to say keto diet, but more kind of a protein, veg, very little starch kind of diet, um, you know, working with a nutritionist, um, adding in some good, you know, some good supplements because there's a lot of uh, research that's being done on things like the inositols, myo-inositol and dechiro-inositol, and then uh, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, uh, with polycystic women to kind of encourage ovulation. Uh, and then, and then acupuncture is always just really good. You know, we really, we, we focus on uh, the flow we circ uh, on circulation to the uterus and ovaries. Um, because at a certain point, you know, once we hit the ripe old age of what, 27, our kind of, you know, our fertility kind of starts kind of uh, creeping down and the circulation to the uterus and ovaries kind of become a, a, on the back burner, let's just say. So really kind of driving circulation and focus back into the low abdomen for women with polycystic is, you know, is always just a good thing. And acupuncture always helps with the mood. You know, my people come out of, um, of their treatments kind of all dazed and happy and, you know, really what acupuncture in my experience uh, does is kind of put you in between that wake and sleep state where kind of our brains get out of the way of our bodies, you know, and kind of lets our bodies kind of do what it needs to do, uh, our body do what, do what it needs to do uh, without our, our, our minds, uh, you know, hindering it. <laughs> well said. Yeah. I um, love the idea of us being able to have that separation and let things go on their own if they can. So Melsa, what, obviously, you know so much about this, you specialize in this, if I was anywhere near San Antonio, I would be knocking at your door right now, begging for some acupuncture. What would you like to give people for your contact information? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you can find me on my, um, my website is uh, acupuncture-studio.com. Um, and that's just for my local stuff. I have a little side passion project um, called Supplements for IVF. 
Um, and so you can find me there, supplementsforivf.com, just because, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, congruency between doctors um, as to what people, you know, they, there's just not a whole lot of direction that people get. And so they, you know, patients will just doctor Google things and start taking, you know, 27 pills three times a day, um, you know, because the internet says so. And so really, I kind of like to hone in on like, you know, what your diagnosis is, you know, like what can, what kind of things can help. Um, so you can find me there. I've got a little uh, a Facebook group that I've just started. It's very, very new um, on Facebook. It's called Supplements for IVF. And you can join me there and we can just, I love talking, uh, you know, about fertility treatments. And, you know, luckily I've, I've learned so, so, so much from my patients over the past you know, seven plus years um, doing fertility work. And so I've got, I've just got a lot of tricks up my sleeve into trying to help people uh, have babies. Really. I want all, yeah, everybody to have babies. <laughs> yes. That is the goal. That is the goal. Everyone have babies who wants them. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I think, uh, I think really, you know, focusing on getting as healthy as possible in order to, you know, uh, in order to conceive, you know, whether you're, if you're trying to conceive naturally or if you're undergoing fertility treatments, just really, really uh, treating your body like a palace and uh, giving it all the nutrition and antioxidants and fiber and water, you know, hydration is always key, but really, really just um, uh, getting as healthy as possible uh, during your fertility journey is, is something that I uh, promote. Awesome. Well, thank you, Melsa. Thank you so much for coming on. Very excited. This is your fertility pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in.